Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you. And there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. How are you? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give him a hand. Those of you who are in the room, those of you who are on the uh, online audience as well, the Bible says that this is the day, my man, I feel you, see? If, the, the scripture even says the children will praise his name, huh? Okay, but the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So can we rejoice again in the Lord? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand like you really mean it. Now, there's times I do that on purpose because, you know, it's easy for us to get way too familiar with God. And when I say the word familiar, I'm not using that as a form of closeness. We just have a tendency to confuse familiarity with understanding or with closeness. And the more familiar that we have a tendency to take for granted. And we can sometimes forget just how good the God that we serve is. And so we want to pause sometimes and just realize how good that he is. So in this series, we've been talking about life to the full, talking about life to the full. And it comes from John 10 and 10, where the scripture says, for the enemy, the devil, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's, that's the reason. But you got to understand, it's just, the scripture isn't just, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. You got to understand, there is an enemy who's trying to rob you of what God is actually bringing, what Christ is actually bringing. Now, the reason this is so important for us to understand, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to have a good time today. We're going to really enjoy it. And I got to tell you, I haven't been up on stage for a while, so I'm really fired up. So I'm going to, I'm going to, thank you, brother. You missed me. So I'm going to have to really like try to calm down a little bit. Y'all know, <laughs> y'all know I sweat a lot. Got the towel. Okay. But one of the things that I really want to make sure we do is right from the beginning, we have clarity. Okay. So here's what I learned. Even during my playing days, I don't care how talented a ball player may be. He can be the most talented football player ever. But I have never seen a highly effective, a highly productive, confused ball player ever. Because no matter how talented you may be, confusion diminishes effectiveness. And so what happens is a lot of times the way the enemy beats us or distracts us or diminishes our effectiveness is by confusing us. And so what we think is we need more inspiration, we need more motivation. No, I don't need to be motivated to go out and make the same mistakes with greater intensity. That don't make a whole lot of sense. Sometimes what I need is a pause to make sure I get aligned properly 
So then when I apply extra effort, it's done properly. So when Pastor Tutton, this is why I love this series on life to the full. And it began on John 10 and 10, but it's primary uh, uh, scripture is Galatians 5, talking about life to the full or fruit of the Spirit. And keep this in mind, Pastor Tyler did a great job when he's talking about fruit. It is fruit of the Spirit. It's not gift of the Spirit. You don't go buy this. And for many of us, we're confused when it comes to fruit because we just go to Safeway and get some. We just go to a grocery store and get some. Well, you don't understand. We're talking about fruit. And the fruit that you have is... Or more importantly, it grows. It has to grow. The root of that fruit has been placed in you. So it must mature. It must grow from the inside out. So the things that everybody wants when you hear about Galatians 5.22, come on, we all know. Love. Who wouldn't like some more of that? Joy. Peace, which I'm talking about today. Patience. (laughs) Not a whole lot of people asking for that. But... (laughs) Okay, but it's a fruit. Okay, we got, we got kindness, we got good, goodness, we got faithfulness, we got gentleness, we got self-control. So when the scripture talks about, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, I just gave you those nine uh, uh, examples of the fruit, the, which are the fruit of the spirit. What do you think your life looks like, feels like, when you're walking in that and you're getting it in abundance? You don't think that's an abundant life? Oh, yeah. Man, I want some more peace. Anybody else? I can use some peace. But I want to make sure right from the beginning, we understand the difference between the biblical peace and the world's definition of peace, what I call fake peace. If you're not careful, you walk around saying stuff, I just need some peace and quiet. If I want peace, I need to get away from you. I'm going on a vacation because I need some peace. I'm getting away from this because I need some peace. And what we don't always lock on to or truly understand is even if you get quiet, not everybody still has peace. Sometimes the most noise and confusion and problems you have is happening between your own ears. There's a lot of people struggling right now because you don't got no peace of mind. And that's a real challenge. You think it's quiet that you need. No, the reason you got to keep the TV on all the time. The reason you got to play this and the reason you got to do that to almost distract you. We have a belief that peace is in the absence of problems. That peace is in the absence of difficulty. That's not peace. That's fake peace. Some of us are trying to be peacekeepers when we need to start being peacemakers. The peace you keep, it ain't real. Not dealing with something don't create peace. Pretending a problem don't exist don't create peace. I'm speaking to somebody right now. And the Bible gives us perfect peace. I'm talking about the kind of peace that surpasses common sense. That's different, right? So here's the first thing that I want you to see. The point number one, if you put that up, and it's simply that peace is the fruit. The spirit is the root. Peace is the fruit. The spirit is the root. Peace is a byproduct. It is a, it's an effect. It 
It is not the cause, okay? It's a lagging indicator. It's not a leading indicator. When you chase peace, that's like chasing the scoreboard. I promise you, the score won't change when you actually score a point on the field. So that means when I start taking care of the root, the byproduct of that is more peace. And it grows that way. You can't want peace, but have not the spirit as the root. They're incongruent. And we have many, unfortunately, believers who don't understand how the kingdom of God works. They're trying to work the kingdom of God like you work the world. I'm going to chase peace, go after peace, why I ain't getting any peace. That's not how it works. And what I've been able to discover in my time walking with the Lord, I don't know if anybody else had this experience, God ain't changed his process yet. I can cry, I can scream, I can worry, I can be anxious, I can find other people who are just as worried and anxious. We can all get together, feel better while we're together, but nothing still changes. I'm saying this in love, but y'all, sometimes we spend so much time trying to make ourselves comfortable doing it the world's way, wondering why it ain't changing. Because God is not, he put his, his own word above his own name. These are facts. There's times I want to complain, well, oh, with all the problems I got, I can't find any peace. What do you mean? I believe it's Jesus who said it best. All these problems I have. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. It's Paul who said, count it all joy when you face various trials. He didn't say complain more when you face various trials. He said, count it all joy. Now, I'm doing this right from the beginning, right? Because if we don't understand that the spirit's the root, the peace is the fruit, then we're going to be in trouble. We're going to keep chasing outcomes instead of understanding what the, what the causes are. And there's where the freedom is. The Lord's like, look, if you abide in me and I abide in you, come on. I mean, it's right there. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And in due season, the fruit will come over and over again. Come on, this is word, y'all. This ain't, I say it every time. It is simple. I didn't say it was easy. But I did say it was simple. But there is some growing up, y'all, we're going to have to do. There's some maturing. Oh, when Pastor Tyler said that. All this fruit matures. And many times it matures because it has to go through something to get there. So we're going to have to stop spending time complaining about what we go through and just go through it. I was watching a movie. It was good. The guy says, man, he was talking to somebody. He's like, man, I feel like I'm in the middle of hell. What should I do? And the dude's like, just make sure you keep going. Don't stop there. (laughs) Get to the other side, okay? And I'm telling you right now, some of us get in the middle of a difficulty and we just paralyze and get stuck right in the middle of it. I'm going to go deeper on that if we go forward. So, peace is the fruit. Spirit is the root. So what we want to deal with is root issues, okay? We got to figure out how do we strengthen the root, okay? Point number two, if you pull that up for me. To have peace around you, you must have peace within you. To have peace around you, you must have peace within you. I'm talking about real peace, not fake peace. 
real peace within you. Said it earlier, I say it again. The reason you want to have peace within you, because if it's not in you, wherever you go, you take you with you. And so in order to really be a change agent in my environment, I need to add, have within me what I want to see around me. I am not, as believers, every single Christian in here, Christ did not die on the cross. He did not say, I, when he got re re resurrected with all power in his hand, he did not look at you and say, you can do all things through me. You can do everything. He said, I, when Jesus' own words were, I've given you the power to tremble upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing should be able to hinder you at all. He didn't tell you all those things. For you to believe your peace comes from your circumstances. That I have peace when problems don't exist. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a trick of the devil. Not only do I have a problem, and, and, and just, ooh, Lord, yes, Lord. Not only is that off, not only do we have to pay the penalty of that wrong thinking, but it doubles that. Not only do we fret of the problem, we add interest to the problem by believing we should have never had that problem in the first place. Come on, somebody. Not only do we have the problem, we're still angry that we shouldn't, because we believe we shouldn't have had that problem anyways. And I'm trying to figure out what word did you read as a believer who told you that? What the scripture says in the midst of that problem, this is how I equip you. That the problem don't get in you, all of a sudden because you and the problem, Christ found his way into the problem to make sure he gets solved. Because you're there. Now, let's go deeper. I want you to turn to Isaiah 26 and 3. Now, on that point, to have peace around you, you must have peace within you. Isaiah 26 and 3. This is what it says. You will keep in perfect peace. Say perfect peace. Perfect. Say it again. Perfect. Actually, somebody who wants perfect peace, will you please say perfect peace? Perfect. And there we go. There we go. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. He says, I will keep you in perfect peace for all whose trust is in me and whose thoughts are on me. That's God's word. That's Christ speaking to us. Keep this in mind. That perfect peace is a byproduct. That perfect peace, there's something that comes before it. The first thing that comes for it is that you trust in him. The second thing that comes for it is that your mind stays on him. What we want to do is have, trust in whatever, you know, trust in our bank account, trust in the news from people, trust in some opinions of some friends. Come on, somebody. Okay? Trust in everything we're paying attention to. But then we want some peace. Spend 90% of our time on everything that has nothing to do with trusting in the Lord and then wondering why we ain't sleeping good at night. Sometimes we got to get practical, y'all. We always trying to get super deep and super technical. Just calm down. Call it what it is. If you have to sit there and evaluate how much, you how much time you spend with your mind on the Lord or the things of the Lord in comparison to all the nonsense happening in the world that you can't do anything about. And you wonder why you ain't walking around with joy? Walking, wondering why that root of the Spirit is not being fed? As Mother Turner used to tell me, come on, Brian, you know what I'm talking about. As Mother Turner used to say all the time, baby, you don't owe your flesh anything. You owe the Spirit everything. 
but you spend 90% of your day feeding something that don't need to be fed. When I talk about the root or, or the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these things, we see all that. But if you read earlier in Galatians 5, guess what? There's fruit from the sinful nature too. And if you were to actually read the fruit of the sinful nature, anxiety, tension, bitterness, hatred, anger, all that stuff, and if I had to walk around and go, okay, if I'm experiencing those things, clearly there's certain root I'm feeding. Stop overcomplicating this, Eric. Where are you spending your time? What are you dwelling upon? What are you, what are you feasting on? Josiah said something, Lord, it was so good. He's like, yeah, it's great to listen to worship music. It's great to look some, for some motivation. It's great, but am I spending any time with Jesus? The Bible says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, whatever you ask about it, you will get. So the issue is abiding. Lord God, there's some things I want. He said, I get it. There's some things I need. He says, I get that too. I said, but I've already told you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all those things shall be added unto you. But before we get there, you haven't answered the first part. Have you sought the kingdom of God and all his righteousness? Follow this here. When I talk about he who keeps his mind stayed on thee, there's a reason why the enemy wants to type, uh, attack our thinking. Because if I can get your mind, I get the rest of you. That's right. And this is why the scripture calls our faith walk. Oh, yeah. The good fight of faith. It's a yeah. fight. And here's what I realize about fights. I may look the part. Helps to be, you know, 6'4", 240. People think you can fight. So sometimes they just don't even, you know, I just look angry. They back off a little bit. <laughs> but don't confuse the false advertising there as if I can really fight. I ain't been in too many. But I like to look like I can. Right? Okay? But here's what we don't understand. The devil knows the truth of whether you can fight or not. And some of us can't fight. Because the minute somebody says something that hurts our feelings, we out. As soon as something attacks our faith that looks different than what we want, we're already crying. We already want. We're, we're shocked that we have to fight what's called the good fight of faith. He calls it a fight. Yes. It is a fight for your faith. The enemy is fighting for your mind. That's what's happening. And if you don't have the mind of Christ, how are you going to have the peace of Christ? If you don't have the mind of Christ, how are you going to love of Christ, the joy of Christ? If the root of that spirit ain't in you and you're not feeding it, what do you think you're going to get? Now, follow this here. Okay. So point number three, let me put this up real quick. Point number three is this, miracle growth. I like to call it miracle growth. Miracle growth ingredients for peace. Prayer and gratitude. Now, the key word is miracle growth, right? And I love that worship song we heard. Was that a worship set or what, y'all? We had church up in here today. That's a, come on, man. Our worship team killed it, right? But they said this is a house of miracles. And when I look at this, it says miracle growth ingredients for peace. Now, I know the word miracle growth uh, because, you know, my wife uses it. 
in the yard and stuff. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I have nothing to do with yard work. I don't say this proudly. I might lose a lot of cool points in here. Because you can come by our house and say, oh, look at that beautiful yard. And you will see my wife Cindy in the yard. And I am nowhere to be found. I don't say this proudly, but I made a commitment. My father ruined me when I was young. Had me doing yard work that had no purpose, just to make me work. So I made a commitment years ago that I will never touch a shovel again for the rest of my life. And I don't care how hard I gotta work, I will pay somebody to do the most routine task, and that's what's been accomplished. Now, you can judge me all you want, just pray for me, okay? <laughs> but I don't do yard work, but I do carry a bag of yard stuff to wherever she needs it. We cut it open and then I'm out. <laughs> but anyhow, what's amazing is the ingredients in that miracle grow help whatever those roots are to that particular, you know, uh, 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 plant or whatever, grow faster. Now, if you ever wonder how do I grow peace, Faster. How do I make sure those roots are strong? You got to understand that prayer and gratitude are powerful ingredients to strengthen those roots. Turn with me to Psalm, I mean, excuse me, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Now, I've talked about these scriptures. Every time I pray, I probably, I, I'm telling you, there's very few times you don't hear me mention these two scriptures. Man, I'm not going to stop doing it because I believe it's a battle. The enemy's a battle for our minds. But I like the level of clarity. Here we go. Verse number six. I've already said, you know, miracle growth ingredients for peace are prayer and gratitude. Verse number six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Before I go any further, keep that up. Don't worry about anything. Say anything with me. Anything. Okay, let me say it one more time. Don't worry about one more time. Don't worry about whatever you are worried about right now. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a cancer report. I don't care if I'm completely broke. I don't care if I just got news that my spouse may be leaving. If I just got this issue with a child, it doesn't matter what it is. Here's my question to you. Does that issue you're dealing with fit inside of anything? Anything covers it. Anything covers everything. I say this in love, but I got to say how I mean. Do you really believe that your specific single situation that showed up in 2021 is unique from any problem that's ever happened? That the God of the universe who put this in his word hasn't already taken care of? So when he says, don't worry about anything, he must not be meaning my situation. There's only two ways to look at that. Either I am lacking understanding of the word or I am one of the most arrogant people on the face of the planet. We can even be arrogant about our problems. And when the scripture says, don't worry about anything, don't be anxious about anything, it's telling you, don't you do it. Don't you worry about even the issue you think is worthy of worrying about it. I had one person say to me, I get it, because I'm talking to myself, y'all. I'm speaking to you, but I'm preaching to myself. And the reason I'm preaching to myself is I can sit there and tell you right now, 
Three months ago, I knew I was stressed or worried about something and I can't even remember it. Why? Because worry isn't a problem. Worry is a darn habit. And as believers, we have almost taken it like a badge of honor. Because I worry, that means I must really care. Because I worry and fret. And you know what? I'm unhappy if somebody around me ain't worrying just as bad. They tell me, oh, well, hey, man, we pray about it. God says, don't worry. Oh, we keep talking about problem bigger because clearly you don't have all the information. So if I give you more information, now you won't give me these scriptures of how my situation could be made better. Oh, I know I'm preaching right now. Do you know how often we do that as believers? And that this time, I, I, I do this. And I, 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 one time I sat back and just thought, can you imagine, Eric, if your daughters, Taylor and Madison, were talking to somebody else about how they worry about what they're going to eat or drink, as if, and they're like, but your dad, oh, I know, but this situation, as if I, in all of my history with them, with everything I've ever done, in that moment, they will talk as if they can't trust in my love or faithfulness to them. Now, I'm saying that as a, uh, uh, as a, uh, 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 a weak, uh, uh, simple uh, um, uh, man full of challenges, and I'm insulted by that. How much more do you think the God of the universe, Jesus who laid his life down for each one of us, Sales when we come on, y'all. We don't get serious enough about the sin of unbelief. We don't get serious about, about, about enough about worry. How the enemy—that's the trick. He knows the book better than we do. He laughs. He's like they have no clue. They function like they don't win. But the good news is, as long as we can convince them they don't, I know the end of the book says we win. I know everybody fretting like something new showed up. The devil already knows he loses. But if we don't know it, more important, if we don't act like it, mm, come on, I know I'm preaching. Look at this word right here. Verse number seven, I mean six. It says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse seven, then, say the word then. Then you will experience God's peace, which is sees anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The word says then, don't worry. Pray about everything with thanksgiving. Make your prayer specific. Then you will have a peace that makes absolutely no sense. You don't have to pretend your circumstances has changed. You can look that doctor report right in the face. Don't have to pretend it doesn't exist. Look at it and peace, the perfect peace, will come upon your heart. Why? Because I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to pray about it then I'm going to specifically pray about it. And while I'm praying about it, I'm going to start thanking God for everything he's done, which reminds me of the other stuff he has done. And as he reminds me, I told the earlier service, hey man, this message may not be for everybody. That's okay. That is okay. I am responsible to you, but I am not responsible for you. Lord took care of that. And so when you hear a word, and if it feels challenging, don't fret about it, embrace it. You're supposed to be made uncomfortable. When you're uncomfortable, that's a sign of growth. 
Going to the gym, making sure you don't get too sore. What's the point of going to the gym? We go to the gym to grow. We come to church to be encouraged and to grow. And the word encouraged means we're going to call whatever you're afraid of out. So you're encouraged to overcome whatever you fear. Mm. Now follow this here. Give me a few minutes here. Y'all going to go over it, so just prepare yourself. All right. <laughs> now, one of the things that's important here is I just gave you flipping four and six. Now, just in terms of process, here's what we got to flip. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. The scripture says we go line upon line, precept upon precept. It's growth. This is fruit. It grows. But this is how it works, okay? Right now, I worry about everything. The scripture says don't worry about everything because worry is a habit. So we want to change that habit. But here's what happened. Okay, worry about everything, pray about nothing, ungrateful, and then expecting perfect peace, y'all, it don't fit. Keep that in mind. At some point, I got to look at what I want and ask myself, have I paid attention to what's required, what I need to do to get more of this? Now, what you think happens is I'm worthy of doing this and I'm going to get more peace. No, you actually got it backwards. Yeah, you're going to get the peace of God. But what you're going to discover when you do it the right way, you're going to get more of the God of peace. Actually, it's peace becomes a secondary benefit. Actually, you start understanding this, I'm getting more of God. And the more I get of God, there's some things I didn't even know I even needed that much. I used to love when I look at the scripture, Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I used to go about it going, I want these desires only to delight myself in the Lord and almost forgot about my desires. I was like, God, is this good? That's the freedom that he gives us to live. Does that make some sense? Okay, follows here. So, I want you to put up point number four, because I don't want people to believe optimism or having a full of faith or is, is like a denial of reality. So look at this. It says real peace is not a denial of reality, but the full picture of reality. Let me say it again. Peace, perfect peace, real peace is not a denial of reality, but a full picture of reality. The problem we have sometimes is we want to believe what we see is the full picture. And anybody who's optimistic is just because they're not considering all the possibilities. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some peace that I go after sometimes, fake peace. There's times where I avoid conversations with my wife, with my family members in the workplace and call it, oh, I'm just having a good attitude. No, I'm not. I'm avoiding, and I need to be honest about that. I ain't talking about fake peace. I'm talking about being able to have all the information, look it all up in the face, but understanding that's still not the whole picture. That's incomplete, because all I'm locked onto is what I can't see, uh, or what I can see. I didn't realize that the currency of the kingdom is based on what you can't. When you function by the root of the spirit, it is different than working by the root of the flesh. Anytime I'm walking around my life and I'm afraid of something, I got to understand that is fruit. And that fruit does not come from the spirit of God. Why? Because the Bible says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. 
So just the fact that I'm feeling that is telling me something's off. I don't have the full picture of what's going on. Don't let anyone tell you the peace you have or the confidence you have is because you're living in la-la land. They're actually living in la-la land. There's a reason why the scriptures tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all the ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. You know why? Because you don't have enough information to lean to your own understanding. Your limited sight, he tells us to walk by faith on purpose. Because there's so much more going on than you can even see. Now to make that clear, last scripture, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. This is where I'm closing, and it's the right place to close. Because what I want you to understand is that the peace that God has for each one of us is not a denial of reality. You will have peace because you have the full picture, not half the picture. Verse 15, this is Elisha. <laughs> Elijah's a bad boy now. <laughs> it's good, it says, when the servant of the man of God, talking about Elijah, got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Give you context. Elijah's been doing the work of the Lord. Elijah's a mighty man of God, confident, courageous, and he's doing right. But by doing the right things of God, in the relationships he has, there's people out there who don't like it. So this king of Aram sent his whole army to take out one man. He says, because this man of God is causing me problems. So I'm sending my whole host of army to take this joker out. There's somebody in this room right now, the challenges and problems you're facing right now is not because you did something wrong. It's because you've done something right. You stood up for righteousness. You're feeling the weight of that. But I want you to know the story ain't over. And sometimes God didn't remove the challenge. Yeah. The problems have come. And when his servant woke up that morning, he didn't sit around and go, I'm going to pretend that there's no army that's after us on the hill. The army was real. God is a God of reality. We don't have to pretend that they ain't problems. But there's a difference. Look what, look what Elijah says in verse 16. First thing, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Woo! Come on, somebody. Now, if you need to see it, you're already in trouble. Here's what I've learned about walking by faith. When I walk by faith, I can feel I'm aware of who's for me. I'm aware of what's for me. I'm aware of who's in me. But when I walk by sight, not by faith, I can see who's against me. I can see what I'm up against. I can see, and all of a sudden my confidence don't go up, it goes down. Why? Because what I'm looking at ends up consuming everything. I can't see past my problem. Somebody right now feels so weighted down by one problem. And that one problem has caused you not to see nothing else going on right now in your life. And you don't realize you've been robbed. If you've been thinking about it a week, you lost a week. The enemy is just, and the crazy thing is, it's not even a complete picture. So Elisha tells him, greater, basically, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
And look what he says next. Oh, Lord. Verse 17, Elisha prayed. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Come on. That's where the movie Chariots of Fire was inspired by, this story. And what that simply means is this. It was only until that moment that God opened the spiritual eyes. Those who walk after spirit and not after the flesh. There is no condemnation when you walk after spirit, but not after the flesh. Everything is done in the kingdom spiritually. If you can only see that what you think is after you, if you saw what's surrounding what's after you, you'll feel more bad for your enemies than you will be for yourself. Man, I start realizing, man, my problems got some problems. If my problems realized what was surrounding them, they would leave. And when you can open up your spiritual eyes and see, as it says in Psalm 91, my angels will take charge over you. I have you covered. I'm, you are protected. Do not fear. This is his, This is where your peace comes from. Not in the army, not being there. Let the army remain. Elijah's chilling because he knows who surrounds that. Yes. Nothing I'm telling you today is to increase your level of peace by diminishing your challenge. No, look at your challenge square on. What's going to happen is your vision of God and who has you will be greater than that. That's where your peace comes from. I pray this is speaking to somebody's soul today. I pray that you understand when Christ died on the cross, the power of heaven, the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that root was injected, placed inside of you. That's what's in you. Walk in that. That's where all the things you want to experience comes from. So many people want the fruit. Man, give me the root. So many people want the gold. Man, give me the golden goose. I got the golden goose. I got it all. When we got the root, we got it all. And that's the beauty of this. Church, come on, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for the clarity. We thank you for the challenge of it. But Lord God, like you said in the book of James, Lord, we want to hear the word, but not just be hearers of the word, we want to be doers of the word. So Lord, let this word take root in us. Let it just fertilize that spiritual root that's in us. Let us realize that Lord, because we got that spirit in us, we get it all. Lord, let us walk by faith and not by sight. Remind us, Lord God, we are thermostats, not thermometers. Lord, the world changes because of us. Lord, we are peacemakers, not just peacekeepers. Lord, let this resonate so much for every one of us and let this spirit be contagious. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the whole church say amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Oh my gosh, what a great message from Pastor Eric at Life Center. Like, I love that. But maybe you got done watching and you're like, I don't even, I don't even know what kind of fruit you're talking about. I don't, I don't know the fruit. I don't know the root. I don't know any of it. Like I, I don't have peace in my life and all I want is just some peace and quiet. Like he had talked about and maybe you're like, I don't even know what the road to that looks like. And I, I just want to tell you that it, it's, it's yours to have. It's, it's, it's like free and you can start like right now you can start because he, like, 
Pastor Eric had said, it says in the Bible that, that Jesus abides in us and we abide in him. And so what a great way to live life knowing that you're not doing it on your own or you don't have to rely on your own power to get it done or your own intuition, your own knowledge, your own strength, that you can rely on his strength. That gift, that gift's available for you right now. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second that have you repeat after me. And so if you don't know Jesus like that, if you don't know the fruit of a life of faith like that, let me encourage you to repeat this prayer after me. Just close your eyes right now. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. There's no fruit in my life. Help me to know the root. I believe you. I believe you're my Lord. I believe you're my Savior. I believe you died and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. Make me whole. Make me yours. Amen. That's it. That's all it takes. We're so excited that you said those words. And there's nothing magical about those words, you guys. It's just the content of that, accepting the fact that you're not enough on your own, but with him, you're everything. That's what it's about. We'd love to know that you made that decision today. So if you could just log into the website and let us know, we'd love to do this walk with you. But maybe you're watching and you're like, I totally know Jesus, but I still don't have the peace that I want. I still don't know the root. Like I'm, I know where it is, but I've lost hold of it. Maybe you're caught up in being a peace keeper instead of being a peacemaker. Maybe you're not a catalyst for God's peace. Let's just pray together about that real quick. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for their journey. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their hearts, God. Be present in their life and show them the way back to your peace. They're not just being a way to keep peace or to avoid conflict, but God, but just make peace. Be a peacemaker in their world so that they know that in themselves. God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.